Welcome to Life in Pinstrides. I am James Yevin. And I am TJ Stolzenberg. And welcome to our pretty set as we talk about life and pinstripes. What's up, buddy? Not much. How are you this week? Well, uh, I do have to say this was quite an interesting setup today. Oh, yeah. We... <laughs> As you may know, we uh, we kind of did this in the public library, so it's a little bit different, like last week where we actually did it in an apartment. Where we could uh, have the volume of our voice be uh, whatever we wanted it to be. But uh, don't worry, I've sealed the windows with tape. I've uh, shoved our jackets in the crack of the door. We are really uh, Houdini and, uh, you know, we're figuring it out as we go. Yeah. That's what we're all about. Absolutely. Speaking of figuring it out as they go... I kind of wanted to start off with the AAF. Ah, the AAF. You want to explain what? Yeah. The question is, uh, some people are wondering if it's the already a fail league. Now, I, it's clever. I get it. But people are wondering because there was a $250 million cash influx or you know, uh, intake because people wondered, is it failing that much? Could they not pay everybody's paychecks already? And then I learned that it was just one of the owners. The uh, His name is Tom Dundon. He's one of the uh, owners of the entire league. He put $250 million in just to get ahead of the game. It wasn't an emergency or urgency. It was just for to make sure this league's going to last for a couple of years. So, you know, I thought about it. There's a lot of contracts out there, 75000 a year. Or, uh, you know, people are making... You know, like accountant money. So that's a lot of football players that uh, I don't even know are making good money out there. Now, I understand the AAF has a bunch of former NFL players. Former and striving to be and maybe looking to get a spot. Uh, A lot of them are special teams guys. A lot of them, Christian Hackenberg's an example of uh, a third stringer who was in the NFL for just a little bit. Uh, Penn Stater, as you know. Big time bust. Yeah. Uh, sorry, sorry, Christian Hagberg, <laughs> if you're watching this. He's kind of showing uh, his colors because, let's put it this way, the AAF is a good design for linemen, linebackers, offensive line, and defensive line. So basically any any position you could play in the NFL yeah, or just football in general. No, but except for the star positions. Uh, Let me explain for a sec. So this league which is kind of acting as like a minor league, is pro-style football. Most of these guys are in their young 20s, and they haven't hit a professional league yet. They've been in college, where defensive assignments and responsibilities are very different. And let's just put it this way, they're very less disciplined in general. Of course. So offenses like power-o, you know, trap, counter... These are all things that the linemen are going to learn and hopefully develop and be able to show off their tools and maybe make it to the next step. But I'm a little disappointed in the wide receivers. I'm watching these guys try to make a lot of one-handed grabs, and you know I, I understand the highlight reel plays go on Sports Center, but that's not what gets you to the next level. Oh, of course. You know, as impressive as Odell Beckham when he did that a few years ago against the Dallas he Cowboys. He honestly changed everything by doing that catch. Yeah, he made he made me want to make one-handed catches. <laughs> yeah. I just want to go, oh, I got it! <laughs> yeah, that was uh, defying gravity, man. That was, that was insane, but it honestly separated him from the rest of the league. And then you saw this, like, ego attached to it in a weird way. Oh, with Odell? Yeah. It's, Definitely. It's almost like, okay, I get it. One-handed catches are awesome. They're pretty to look at. But 
what moment is it during the game? Is it a game-winning catch? Is it during a playoff? Or are you sending a message to kids that's more, it's cooler to try to make a one-handed catch when I see their other hand available and they're not securing like a regular third and 10? That would upset any coach. And there's some legitimate coaches, including Mike Martz and Steve Spurrier in that league. So these guys know what they're talking about. So I don't know, the wide receivers and quarterbacks are not impressing me, but if you're a true football fan, the AAF might uh, satisfy and uh, quench your thirst. It's definitely a more aggressive league, which is something I think the NFL has been kind of missing over the last like few seasons, because you feel like all these totally. plays that happen, like this, like remember when we had this discussion, the AFC Championship game between the Patriots and the Chiefs? Yes. The Tom, roughing the passer. That's Tom, like if me, if I did that to you. Yeah. It's like, okay. Tom Brady. It was when the, from this angle, it would look like this to the back judge, but it literally didn't even graze his mask. It was just a America. But uh, what I did see, and I think everybody at home loved it, was a quarterback was hit shoulder to chest of course and his helmet went flying off it would have been a flag in the nfl oh, are you kidding me <laughs> of course it'd be a flag the guy, the guy would have been fined like nine million dollars by now but i love the fact that i, I was like where's the flag? there was no flag yes about time it, just, it, just, it felt like we got back to the the good years of where hits were exciting and yes there was a moment where I noticed in the second week where um, two or three players got hurt within a five-minute span, hmm. and then two of the same players ran into each other and was on the field for over 20 minutes, not moving an inch. I'm sorry, I don't know the name of the player or which team it was, because that's the AAF. We're not just there yet and memorizing these team names. but. Uh, thoughts go out to him and his family, and uh, I thought to myself as I was watching it, ooh, is this exactly what the NFL is going to use against the AAF for making safety a priority? You do realize that's one of the reasons why the NFL is the way it is, because safety has been a huge priority. You know, tons of players are getting concussions, missing tons of time. It's yeah. just... And, of and the knowledge, like you said, concussion knowledge has risen through the roof. There's protocol now, the tent, the little thing that, you know, I had two concussions when I played in high school. And even then, they kind of just make you do a little computer test and then an endurance test. And it didn't really compute to me what I was being challenged on until all of a sudden I became extremely weak and dehydrated and my eyes were open but all I saw was black so I knew uh, to not lie and say I was fine I knew to be honest because my mother's a nurse love you ma and she is be honest do not lie do not make things worse but I feel like the AAF is gonna have a lot of packing a punch type hits and I'm excited and I hope safety is paid attention to but let's be honest these boys are getting played to go to war you know, not real war, but uh, it's it's a violent sport, and it's what they do. So you know, you know what it is. I also think of the AAF, and we were talking about strength. Strength is almost kind of like a huge component in life. You got sometimes you got to take a couple of hits. I know football is very dangerous. Trust me, if I played football, I'd probably get a concussion twice in five minutes of a quarter. <laughs> I mean, look at me. Give yourself some credit. Yeah, I know. Maybe. What, you, do what, myself. what position would you play? What, do you, what would you like to play? Uh, probably wide receiver. I was going to say wide receiver. You've got height. You've got length. 
And uh, I feel like you can shimmy sham and get the corner off your back. Inside route, boom. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I, was, a, I was a wide receiver, and I was not very fast. Are you? Can you run? Are you fast? I think I can run pretty fast. You're probably faster than me. I was, uh, I was a great at sluggos. As you know, if anybody's a wide receiver out there, the sluggo is the slant go. It's a sluggish slant, if you will. You're kind of dogging it, acting like you're about to block, and then you go. So I was a good actor, but I was not a good runner, so... I made up for it uh, playing linebacker. Defense takes all. And if you play defense, you know what I mean. Oski, Oski. Hey. Well, there's a little interception thing, so. Hey, defense wins games, okay? You're absolutely right. You know, and uh, the Super Bowl, we were saying uh, in the previous podcast, I like the Super Bowl. I was not bored ever. You know, I we had this discussion. Yeah. You know, the first day after the Super Bowl, 13 to 3. Think about it. That score yeah. is absolutely atrocious. It is such it, a right. low scoring game. But then, you're right. you're right. You know, as both of us being football fans, 13 to 3, the Patriots absolutely demolished the Rams' offense consisting yeah. of Jared Goff, um, Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley, uh, name a few guys. Cooper Cup, they really, need, you know, Cooper Cup went down in the begin- in the middle of the year. Uh, that was the turning point in the Rams' offense when they were able to spread the ball to all their tools. And when Cooper Cup, when you lose that deep threat, the underslants were covered a lot faster. They can go one-on-one man up, and there wouldn't be that guy open in the zone. So a lot of focus went back on Todd Gurley, and then at the end he was kind of hurt. So question marks there, but... Hats off to the Patriots, man. They're, of course, as always. Like you said, they're not known for defense. And Were uh, you kidding me with yeah. their stretch over the last like 20 years? They're known for winning, uh, you know, 50 to 30. The Gronk spike. <laughs> Amendola, Edelman, Edelman. Do you remember that catch in Super Bowl 51, I think? Yeah. This one, they were doing their comeback, and it looked like it was about to drop, but then next thing you know, Edelman was able to catch it. I'm like... No! No way! I couldn't believe it! So it was it was literally like that close off the ground. It was literally like right there. Yeah, just like so, a just like a uh, and like that, one of those that, kind of things. That was a miracle comeback, by the way. Of course. Come on. Greatest greatest comeback in NFL oh, history. Man. But I do want to say, uh, to go back to the AAF. Yep. It's also a place for training the officials. You know, speaking of which these guys Ooh, are now yes. it's holding the NFL refs accountable again because maybe I don't know did they have a, a farm system like in the semi-pros or in the college uh, levels that would fill in in the NFL if someone's making a bad call because these guys get evaluated and yeah. spotlights on them now they're definitely going to get evaluated and whoever the line judge or back judge was during the Rams-Saints game oh yeah when the guy got leveled on the sideline there's no way that he's Reffing the next game. I bring up a guy from the AAF. Any fan of football would make that call. Literally anybody, even the person who was probably watching it for the first time, would make that call. No offense, but no yeah. offense, but take offense. Take uh, tons of offense. <laughs> so other than uh, developing pro style offenses, blocking schemes, uh, the, like I said, the D line and linebackers are finally going to see professional style responsibilities. Of course, uh, you know they got used to some bad habits in college because let's be honest, some of the running holes were about 12 yards wide, and even. Uh, Dikembe Mutombo could gain nine yards on uh, some of the power I plays. No, but, no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 not this time. But 
My, uh, I digress. My fu- Where's our digress jar? <laughs> we'll get into that. Yes. Yeah. I will say, AAF, I like what I see. There's nothing to worry about about the $250 million cash money going in. Of course. Uh, wide receivers, I want to see you catch the ball. I don't want to see one hand because as soon as you only put one hand out and you could have put two, the coaches and the scouts are not watching either. So I uh, I think it's time to talk about uh, the New York Yankees. Uh, our beloved New York Yankees that we can talk about literally Every minute of every day. Finally, spring training is upon us. I know, about time. So tell us, so what do we got in our debut? All Uh, right, so we've had a few games already in. A couple of Yankees have homered, as we know. Glaber Torres, first at bat of the spring, went deep. First at at bat against the Boston Red Sox. I know it's spring training, it doesn't matter, but actually... It does matter to me. Every at bat, everything. And remember, matters. he was had that weak strikeout to end his season against the Red Sox. I don't know if it was the last inning, uh, but it was, Gary Sanchez flew out with the bases loaded. Torres hit, hit that little ground ball to the third oh, base. Man, it was that dink. one. He dinked that but, we thought. You're right. You're right. We he thought beat. he beat it out, but replay showed Steve Pierce with a uh, incredible extend. And, like this. And of course, Eduardo Nunez, who never played defense for us, played ecstatic for them. But uh, I, I will say, Glaber Torres did have a couple bad at-bats in that game. And that's where I thought his youth was shining through for the first time, which I'll take in a rookie who had a, just a brilliant year. And hey. Who would have thought? Homered in his first at-bat. Of spring training, nonetheless. And uh, who, else, who else did? Uh, boom goes the Voigt. Boom goes the void. You yes, know, that's 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 reassuring. He's he's a big question mark for me. I I know he exploded out of the gate uh, last year for the Yankees. Kind of had a new purpose in life. He only had 13 or whatever at bats for the Cardinals, but now he's playing first base for the friggin' New York Yankees. The New York Yankees. And, uh, the New York Yankees. The Take man. The man showed us something. He's he's jacked. Usually Frank Thomas sized people. Can't turn on the ball. No, they, uh, and he showed me something. He's 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 got something. But I'm worried about the pitchers learning where his weak spots are. If they learn to jam him in high and tight fast, then go low and away slow. I feel like he cannot hit that curveball. But we'll see. We'll see. He hit a homer. So hey, I know. But uh, he's not the only Yankee that homered. Our boy Troy. Tulowitzki, hey. first at bat against his former team, who literally yes. absolutely criticized him because he got injured. First at bat, he hits a roper down the right field line, right near the 314, goes and, out. In spring training, he was jacked. He was screaming as he rounded. He's like, game. let's go! He's like Dude, clapping like this. He, he honestly, it's brilliant because I remember hearing a story. He's a He grew up a Yankee fan. He grew up a Derek Jeter fan. That's why he wore number two with the Rockies and the Blue Jays. He wore number two. And as we know, we faced him a lot. Uh, he kind of got hurt there and lost his way a little bit up in Toronto. But now he's back in the States wearing pinstripes. It his looks first, good on him. First, it's, it's, that's why we love the Yankees right there. It's the drama. San Diego Padres drama right now is about a pretty boy with a pretty bat getting paid pretty money. Who's trying to get a second pretty boy with a pretty bat. I'm over him. The cool yeah. stuff about the Yankees, why we love them, is because it's not only the Big Apple and big moments, but things are just, they seem more dramatic. It's its my version of a soap opera. Like, Troy Tulowitzki, good for you. It's a 
spring training at bat, I'm sure no one's going to actually care. I do. I, mean, I do. I always care. You know, I want to see it. Obviously, I want to see it translate to the regular season. I think he'll be fine the regular season. I do, season. too. And you know what? How awesome was that for a boost? You know, if you strike out in your first at bat, you're like, okay, I promise, Yankees, I'll show you what I got. But, hey, a lot of these guys check that box pretty quick. Of course. So uh, I wanted to ask, um, anything from uh, Greg Bird? Uh, first of all, I was watching the Yankees face the Blue Jays that same game where Troy Tulowitzki homered. They were talking about in the Yes Network broadcast, Greg Bird gained 20 pounds of muscle. Ooh. Uh, where? What, what's he look like? Upper body strength. Like, definitely, like, upper body. You could see, like, in his legs. He looked... He looks thicker. Okay. Yeah, he kind of, you know, for a, a power-hitting first baseman, he was kind of, not thin and wispy, but he was, maybe he needed... Lengthy. Yeah, because whatever it was, his body wasn't protecting itself. He just got hurt every five seconds. So hopefully he reinforced the parts of his body, uh, the temple that is, to not play four games in a year. Sorry. I love you, Greg Bird. I absolutely love you. i never given up hope. Forget what I said last year about his 199 batting average. I still have hope for you, Greg Bird. We do have hope. We're probably two of the last 11 people in New York that, you know, they'll cheer. If he gets a bloop single to start, they'll cheer. I will take anything. If If he strikes out and gets hurt in the first, if he even misses two games... I don't know if he can come back. Now here's here's my one problem, you know, gain 20 pounds of upper strength, upper muscle. Yeah. That sounds good, but with a guy who's always injury prone, you don't know if that is going to lead to even more injuries. The same yeah. thing I said about was right. it Noah Syndergaard when he gained 25 pounds of muscle and he wanted to throw, throw he wanted to throw harder. Yeah. Um. The first thing that came to my mind is do not hurt your elbow because you know yeah. it's going to lead to Tommy John surgery then you're going to be gone for a year and then it's going to be an absolute disaster you're right you're right uh, Thor uh, he did have a big base already Bird kind of had a you're right he had more of a body change so this is like he needs to get used to I mean clearly he's been working out he's been showing us that he's here to play. You know what he does? He shows he cares. He, he wants cares. to win that first base opportunity because everybody knows yeah. that 97% of Yankee fans out there want Luke Voigt to win the first base job. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it hopefully will be a platoon deal. Got, I think that's what they should do. You got do. a righty, you got a lefty, and we've got some other pieces that can fit in there, but one of them can DH even. Hopefully they both get hot. But, ah. Uh, it's good to have a big boy at first in Luke Voigt. Reminds me of Giambi, even though he's a righty. Jason Giambi. Forearms the size of Popeyes almost. Popeyes lumber. But Greg Bird, seeing that, step up, big boy. I like that. 20 pounds of muscle, man. 20 yeah. pounds of muscle. You know how shocked I was when they said that? I'm like, when I That's- saw I'm like... What? What if he just did a bunch of curls for the girls and looked like he got stronger and then just drank a bunch of beer and has a gut? <laughs> Well, you never know. Okay, that's something you have to ask. <laughs> I'm gonna find out personally. All right, fine. We'll go to Tampa. We'll find out. <laughs> I would love to do that one day. But uh, I, uh, I, I further the Yankee conversation with this. We uh, we signed a, we signed somebody, did we not? Recently, center center field. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's right. That was a trap. Trick Resign. Question. I'm like Resign. Resign. The way you said it, I know. sound I like we got someone new. No, you're right. You're we right. have apologies. Seven more years of Aaron Hicks. 
And guess what? They're not done yet. They're talking to Dellen Patances on resigning. I like it. And they're also talking to Sir Didi. Oh, good. Because <laughs> just do it. Those are two guys. I don't want them to go anywhere. And they're Yankees, man. They're Yankees. Sir Didi, Yankee. For life. Dude, for life. He should be a Yankee for life. Stamp it, man. He, he came in and just replaced a captain seamlessly. Yeah, we'll wait for his injury. He he produces. He's he's not that big, and he's been hitting four. He was hitting the four spot for a while, five spot. He can hit in the two spot, mm-hmm. and his glove is pretty. I just love And his arm. You, def, you do know that the kids, Miguel and Duhar and Torres, should learn from Didi. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And while Didi's taking a little breather and recovering, they uh, they should absolutely be uh, taking notes from him. But uh, I got my first view of James Paxton. Ah, yes. James Paxton. He looked great. He did look great. I had Like, really good. I had no idea, first off, he was seven foot nine. That's a little, well, that's, I was about to say, I'm like, what do you want me to say about that? Uh, let's see. What is he actually? Probably about, I know his stat line only said six foot, like, I think he said six foot five. Six uh, foot somewhere six. around. He's, he's but he tall. looks he's six, like, like eight. He's, he's a beast up on that mound. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Speaking of which, brings up an interesting point that my father and I were discussing about the, the mound. It, uh, the height. Ah, the mound. The mound. We knew about this change yeah. over the last, like... So it, it changed in the 60s, all right? Bob and Gibson, yeah. Bob Gibson. And it was, uh, it was almost unfair, the angle in which he was so high up, throwing absolute gas, that the pitch was coming down. At so, you know, look at it this way. If you swing through the plane of the strike zone, the ball traveling horizontal is obviously going to... You're going to have more opportunity to hit it. If there's a ball coming down on a plane, there's only a window this wide of the bat that you're going to be able to hit that. Oh, yeah. So, absolutely. Uh, I, I, I wondered if it even mattered, but then I actually looked at some statistics, and it blew my mind. You know, and people will say in the 60s, you know, pitching, eh, with fastball, curveball, changeup, it wasn't like it is today. Are you kidding me? Everybody's happy. Is trying to develop their four, five pitch repertoire. Yeah. You know how difficult it is to develop four to five pitches. Yeah. It's probably difficult to have three. It is. It is. There's there's sinkers. There's cut fastballs. There's two seamers. The knuckleball. The, the knuckle fork ball. Fork. The palm ball. The s- there's to name a couple out there. Splitter. The splitter. Knuckle curve. How about slur? The legendary cutter, Mariano Rivera. Love the cut fastball. Slider. You know what, uh, real quick on Mariano, a man standing at what, five foot nine, five foot ten? Oh, I easily have height on him. At most throwing 92, 93, maybe 94 and is good in the apex of his career. Is the most intimidating pitcher in Major League Baseball history. Lights out, enter Sandman, towards the end throwing 89 to 91, you knew what was coming and no one could hit it. Yep. That's what I call the tip of the cap. Unanimous. Unanimous. But back to the uh, the old school, interesting baseball stats. I heard something interesting about uh, strikeouts. Oh, uh, <laughs> see, here's the thing. Yeah. Strikeouts are on the rise, and I think we've had this conversation one way too many times. If you notice in Major League Baseball, a lot of players either doing the home run or bust. And yeah. the home run or bust is they're either hitting 20 to 50 home runs a season yeah. and striking out close to 200 times. And batting like 220. Yes. Like a Todd Frazier. 
Todd, uh, Mark Reynolds. Mark Reynolds. You know, and I get it. Aaron Judge. That's Sorry, just, I had to bring it out there. <laughs> yes, Aaron Judge. Because there's a certain player that has an identity that's, okay, you know I'm going to hit 220, but I'm going to produce enough like a Mark Reynolds. When it comes to Aaron Judge, I, le- I want to see out of this year, I want to see him go back to old school and kind of choke up on the bat. Back in the day, it was all about putting the ball in play, adding pressure to the defense. The guys would literally choke up so much on the bat and almost play pepper with two strikes. Yeah. You know, at least you're at making the defense make a play. And needless to say, uh, I'm going to read a very interesting statistic here. All right, let's hear this. We all know Yogi Berra. Ah, Lawrence Peter Yogi Berra. Come to a fork in the road, take it. Yeah. Uh, It's not over till it's over. Just a few. Love it. The man played... uh, for 18 years, and also in between, uh, partook in the uh, uh, the war. Uh, the Korean War, right? I was about to say, I know Whitey Ford was in the Korean War, and that's my next stat. Oh. So I'll digress. That's right. definitely a good digress moment. But <laughs> almost everybody, Teddy Ballgame, fighter pilot, like these guys, different style, of, not style, different calling, different human being, different level of like respect for everything. So I almost want to take that all the way down to the finite strikeout itself. You know, the this, strikeout. The same idea of the wide receivers trying to go for the one-handed catch. Like oh. you said, these oh. hitters going for a home run. And to say you want to produce and do something, Yogi Berra, over the course of 18 years, struck out 411 times. In 18 years? In 18 years. You do realize that players strike out at like maybe tw- Aaron like Judge, two years. Aaron Judge, first two full seasons, for basically the exact same amount, 408. Yogi Berra, 18 years, uh. 411. And, I, and this is not knocking Aaron Judge, this is basically knocking the league. But what I'm saying is... That's the one little downfall about yeah, Aaron Judge. But I, th- knowing him, captain, leader, yeah, I'll take eventual it. world champion. I'll take everything else. But I'm really just... I'm calling out almost the entire league and not just Aaron because over two years, think of it this way. The amount of strikeouts he had matched a player that thusly would play for another 16 years Imagine that level of production without striking out again for 16 years, for a little perspective. So, how many strikeouts did Yogi Berra have in in his... 411. And how much does Aaron Judge have? Well, after his first two full seasons was 408. So, he needs to strike out three times in the next 16 years to catch (laughs) Yogi Berra. Yeah, I I have a feeling that's not going to happen. Sorry, he's going to strike out three times in one game. But, But, uh, anyway. But but to continue the interesting uh, facts about old-time Yankee uh, uh, intel, I found out that uh, we all remember Casey Stengel in the history books, right? Number 37, retired by yeah. the Yankees. And you hear a name, Whitey Ford, and you think, yeah, great you know, great pitcher, whatever. Here's something I didn't know. Okay. What's not done today. He was, Casey Stengel, the manager, made him face the ace of the other team, whether it was going to be on four days rest, six days rest, or even two days rest. It was you, a, it you know was a, how impossible it is for a, a pitcher to pl- yeah. play on two days rest? Yeah. That they, doesn't happen anymore. These guys had rubber arms. And like I don't know if it's because we're coddled or we're, it's a higher level of game. I don't, I don't think so. But Wade Ford, 
Thusly, was only pitch, was pitching seven to eight less times a year. So take that into consideration for his statistics. Mm-hmm. Because, just because, you know, it worked out that way. Yeah. He's facing the other team's ace, and his career ERA was 2.75 <laughs> with 236 wins Get. and only 106 losses. Get out of I here. I repeat, he had 236 wins, 106 losses. That's over 667. That's an incredible And a 275 ERA when he was facing the best of the other teams. 2.75. I mean, granted, you're facing the hitters, but he won over two thirds of his games facing aces. That blows, that blows my mind. It is. You ever, my th- mind. you ever thought about how, how Whitey Ford would be in this kind of generation? Yeah, because I, well, I go back to what we were just saying. Yeah, he did fight in the Korean War. Yep, you know, so the Call of Duty it, it, it was like the type of game. It was different. Uh, the ballparks were massive, like polo grounds. Polo, like the Yankee Stadium used to have uh, monuments inside the park. Yeah, before they decide to cut it off. Yeah. Right, I remember what was it? I think I saw some footage the other day. It, it was, was awesome. Yankee center fielder, three plaques in. Center field, and you literally had to go through the plaques to get to the baseball. You know how it's a like, lot of players would probably get an inside the park home run. Oh, up absolutely! There. But like that's just—it just was a different game. Yes, you're using a ball, a bat, a stick, a glove, a little bit of spit and elbow grease, but it was just different. I feel you know, Whitey Ford going to the Korean War. Imagine we praised, we praised any athlete that who, who did both, who did, who does both. Who played and actually served, served and fought for our country. Pat Tillman. Ah, uh, Pat Tillman. May he rest in peace. Yeah, that was just an unfortunate thing what happened to him. You gotta yeah. love you gotta love him. Yeah, Everybody looks story, up to him. Oh my gosh. That story, Arizona Cardinals, um, you know, it was a case of uh, friendly fire. Yeah, that's um, that's that's the part where it hurts the most. Yeah. But he still fought for his country, came play, played football, went back out, and made the ultimate sacrifice. And it's just, we do admire and are blown away by that type of human being. And it seems like the Call of Duty is just, it's different now because we admire that one story out of a million. And mm-hmm. it seems like every player, including like Teddy Ballgame, going to World War II, like everybody stopped and went to war you know I just I don't know I, I pause for a sec and give a true uh, a true symbol of my respect my gratitude our respect our respect a generation's respect for the type of men that paved the way so that we could play a game absolutely those are some real men out there yeah may you all rest in peace yeah you know what it is I feel like I feel like if I was ever an athlete, like a really big time athlete, would I want to do something to help the country? Because I feel like me just playing a game for a city, you know, for Absolutely. a team, you know, joining the war or joining the army, doing, doing all these good things, you know, getting your name out. Well, not really getting your name out there, but, but using showing it, who you are. Using it, you know, your name. If, you know, like uh, when comedians go over, oh, yeah. overseas, they're getting their name out there, but it's not for selfish reasons. They're literally flying into a war zone to relieve some tension from our troops, make them laugh. There's, Absolutely. There's more than one way to, to help your country and help people, your fellow you know, humans around you. Yeah. So, no, it's, it's 
it it feels you know what you're basically talking about is a sense of responsibility mm-hmm. with great power comes, comes great responsibility spider-man spider-man but so true right you know and it might be just be helping your local communities out you know you see all these uh, charities and foundations nfl and uh, mlb and Never stop hyping that. It's the littlest of things. I mean, the most. littlest of things. You know, I, I remember that story about Brett Gardner when he was uh, going to uh, Sloan Kettering. He was helping a, a, a girl who uh, had cancer, and you know, she becomes his hero. Oh yeah. And the story where, and it's Brett Gardner, by the way. And yes, he's kind of started swinging for the fences lately, but in the last couple of years. But it was back when he only had maybe eight, nine, or ten home runs. He's a year. still a leader, no matter what. He told this girl. No joke. He told this girl, I'm going to hit a home run for you. This is real. Look this up. That night, Brett Gardner, who hadn't hit one in, I think it was something like 400 to 500 at-bats, <coughs> went yard that night. Gives me chills, man. Gives you chills. Kind of, you, you know what it is? You feel the emotion. You know, you can yeah. kind of like, you your ride. eyes get a little watery. It's just like, you just kind of want to wipe them away. And also, tip, tip the cap, the cap as always. You're riding that emotion. You're using it. You're realizing other people have other situations. And I get to hit a ball with a stick. I'm going to make the best of it. And it's almost as if you become a part of something bigger. Something more powerful. And the key is to... Not make it about yourself. And also, yeah, exactly, you know, making someone like younger, like say us, yeah. for someone to look up to. Absolutely. And, you know, that's why we're sick of the Manny Machados. You know, it would take him to do so much community service, and I wouldn't even, you, just, you see who he is. You probably would have to find world peace in order to respect him. <laughs> Machado. But, All right. But I, 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 that, was a, that was a beautiful thing. And uh, to further the idea of, being a part of something bigger, or to realize the importance in small moments. I'm going to shift the conversation to Zion Williams. Ah, Zion Williamson. So the question is this. People seem to get upset at the fact that he's going to continue to play basketball as a basketball player to help his team, his boys, his college Brothers try to win a national championship. Okay. So here's my point. I just want to know where you stand. He's there to play basketball. He was yep. given a scholarship to buy basketball. To play basketball. Yeah. And to get an education at Duke Duke University. There could be another human being out there that could be solving some kind of disease that could have needed that scholarship. But my point is this: if everyone's so gung ho on this man waiting just because it, then it's about money. Is that really the bottom line? You, you're really gonna have your day changed if a somebody else that's not you gets a huge payday and sits out during a once in a lifetime opportunity to play March Madness? Yeah, here's the thing with Zion who gets more, gets more of the spotlight than any athlete I've seen since LeBron James. Yeah, doesn't he? In it's college, like insane. Too. It's insane. It's like you're right though. No college player has had this much. No, no, not in the longest time. Yeah. Even LeBron didn't even play college. He went straight into the NBA. Yeah. No, I can't even think. JJ uh, uh, Redick was awesome, but JJ Redick for he, Duke, he's yeah, a phenom. But it was still just the during the season talk. 
It wasn't every day. It's like, it's literally every minute of my day. It's like, Zion did this. Zion went to class. <laughs> Zion got an A-plus on his spelling test. And that's my exact point. Well, A, he might... We never know if these guys are actually taking their tests or if uh, somebody's taking it for them. But at Duke University, I've assumed... He's got to do one of the best basketball schools in the country and educational schools. He's got of course. He's got to be doing his homework. But that's my point. He's a kid doing homework. Let him do his where he's at in life. So where you don't skip ahead. So you're telling me this. You're telling him that he should be more of an actual college student instead of being this gigantic superstar who's going to get picked first overall in the NBA draft. No, I'm not saying. Well, I'm saying to the public. Okay. Allow, he's doing him. I like him a lot. He's such a positive force, man. And it was tough to see his shoe explode the other day. And yeah. Roll his ankle. I get it. Let's rehab him super slow. Coach K, totally take it take it easy. Even if he sits out till maybe the, uh, the ACC championship and then the March Madness, that's fine. His teammates need to learn how to, you know, step up in big moments. They just lost to Virginia Tech without him. Uh, so He hasn't played in the last couple of games either. So it's not that I'm saying be a college student. I'm telling the world, remember, he's a college student. However many millions of dollars he's going to get offered does not change the fact that he's still a kid. Yeah, he's only 18 years old, I he's think. He's a kid. You know, he's, he's going to let him be a kid because we see what happens when you take someone who doesn't get a chance to be a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, and we just talked about uh, ESPN thirty for thirty called Broke. Ah, uh, see, that was awesome. But, Everybody should but, watch that. But sad in such a way. It's it's these young players who grow up in a whatever area, whether it be in a suburb or an impoverished area. Like these kids don't have, you know, they have five dollars in their pocket. Then they get really good at putting a ball through a hoop, man, and all of a sudden they're making. $20,000 a week or even a game or 150000 Who knows? They're handed a paycheck that is what people dream to see in a year. And so these kids don't ever have a chance to learn what that is, what yeah. money is. And so many of them... I hope it didn't happen. To, I hope it doesn't happen to Zion, but... I don't, I don't think it's going to I don't think so either. Yeah. He's got a lot of people on, on, on his case... Yeah, and especially since, you know, the pressures of him being the first overall pick probably right. in the NBA. He's probably going to the Knicks or the Suns somewhere around there. Would love to see him be in the Garden. Uh, but, you know, because he's not, he, he's not the case of Antoine Walker where Mm-mm. he's going to gamble and uh, have no money left to his name even though he had millions of dollars. It's not that. It's, it's just my final point is such. Let, yeah. the, let the boy rehab in some peace. Let his teammates come around him. Let him be amongst his peers at the level of life in which he's at because it's the only time he's ever going to get a chance to do this. I agree. He's going to, no matter even you know, no matter what injury he gets, he's going to play an NBA game. Oh, uh, there's no doubt about that. His talent is just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it, is, it really is, though. Like, like almost like eye-opener, like is. mind-boggling, it almost is. one of those kind of things. You're right, though. I don't remember actually seeing the physics of a ball player like him, at, especially like when he steps back and he has a smooth lefty, like, he can hit the jumper. And he also has a, he has a dunk so hard that he probably take down the basket with oh, him. Oh, yeah, he can shack break that, uh, break that glass, man. He's, 
He's a beast, man. I know. So he's going to play. So it's like, let the boy go to college. Let the boy take a test. Let him be where he's at. Let him be a kid. Let him be a kid. That's that's the pro- that's the problem. You know what it is? Yeah. The spotlight is on him. Zion this, Zion that. We want you to play football. Or not football. Take that back. We want you to play basketball. <laughs> but he could play football. He, are you kidding me? He'd probably be a tight end. Oh, he'd be a tight end. Uh, you know, he'd be a bar- <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say he could be Jamarcus Russell. <laughs> Jamarcus, oh, a terrible lefty, that, uh, okay, terrible anyway. quarterback in uh, Raiders. But no, he, we both digress on that. Part. We both digress. <laughs> Thank you, bud. Yeah. Um, so, bottom line, let the guy be a kid. Yeah. The spotlight. It's you can't imagine how much pressure he's probably going on. He probably hands handles like, with grace. He just he has no like he hasn't been caught with a girl and anything. yeah. But think about what the spotlight is like him without the camera. You know he's probably no probably idea. worried beyond belief. Yeah, man, and he's it's a lot of pressure. Every human being that he sees, I don't even know if he goes to a grocery store. If you're that famous, do you go to a grocery store? But if he's in a grocery store, there's no way 95 people ask him, "Are you gonna play? Are you gonna play? Are you gonna play? Are you gonna play?" Like. He, he seems to be handling it kind of well. Yeah, you know what I would say? Would you like eggs? Would you like bread? <laughs> would you like butter? Can I help you with your shopping list? Get some mango and dice it up. It's baller with some uh, lemon. Yeah, I but, heard it's a uh, slam dunk, by the way. The point is, let him live his life. Of course. And, you know, it's just, it's weird what we do with stars and fame and how we look at folks. Folks, you know? This is why I would never be an athlete in my life. Why not? Because the pressure, the the people, I wouldn't get any time to myself. There, that's too. You're right. There's two separate things happening there, though. That pressure is almost a fuels half of athletes. Some people feed off that. Then there's others that are just so God-given, naturally good that they have to learn to deal with that pressure. Mm-hmm. But I would be the type that I would love to march into an away stadium and just silence the crowd. I love that. I feed off that. Silencing the crowd? Oh. You mean something that Greg Bird needs to do, by the way? Yes. He needs to. He needs to silence the his own fans that he has to silence. But Unfortunately, yeah. But yeah, there's that fuel. There's that happening. And then there's the, you know, the energy that it takes to overcome strain can be used as a weapon. Or it over it over overrides you, and you're shielded, and you're not producing as as best as you can. I would say to be an athlete, there's one that's just automatic, mm-hmm. but it helps to just play the game. Don't get caught up in all the Zion news and all this. Zion, keep your eyes on the court, on the ball, and work on your free throws. Literally, that gets you through. Mm-hmm. Eventually, this, they don't hear it. They hear the. The, the player calling out a play or the coach, there is so many people there that they are not paying attention to, you would think. Yeah. But it's hard as a kid, man. You want to be the respected player and not a Johnny Manziel. Yeah. Um, How did that go for him again? Johnny. Uh, Johnny Manzi. Uh, I would love to see him try to maybe get in the AEF or like the Canadian Football League. See, I was kind of thinking the, the same way. XFL. He's perfect for that. But he does honestly seem like he's trying to turn his life around. I saw an old picture of him and a rejuvenated picture of him. He did look very drugged out, and the fame got to him. That was exactly what you're talking about. He was a case of he had to learn how to deal with it, and 
This turned him into... Why don't you think he was the first overall pick? Because everybody knew what kind of human being was besides putting on the football mask. He was a guy who liked to go out, have a good time, and not be responsible. And let's be honest, at his age, you know, we were young ones too. Yeah, man. You're still young. <laughs> but they're we're just, still young. Okay. They are scouts. You know, they absolutely look at that. You're right. And uh, it seemed like the general consensus was the general concern is: is he still going to be a boy? Or is he ready to be a man? And Johnny Manziel is more like Boyzel. Yeah, sadly. All right, I see. that was terrible. But uh, no, I see where you were going at, though. Unfortunately, we got no drum over here. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. I was about to digress, and I'm really glad I didn't. You saved it for me. Okay. <laughs> so, ah, furthering in news of sports, uh, what right. do we got here? Is uh, Bryce Harper going to be a Phil, or is he going to be a Dodge, or is he going to be a Ford Escort 150? I don't know. How about uh, nobody? Because I, I am so sick of this news. <laughs> me too, bud. Uh, we're going to move on to the next topic. Okay. Oh, we're not going to talk about <laughs> this, this Bryce Harper thing? No. Right? No, but I think you should talk about how... He was, we thought by Tuesday he was going to be having a team, so I was ready to say Bryce Harper is going to the Phillies for this stupid amount of money. Right, and then there's this thing that Dodgers show interest. Now the Giants come back in. It's like, why are they coming back? See, we're not going to take that circus wheel. We're not going to take the crumbs they're feeding us because they want us to go, and I think some of it's smoke and mirrors, but a lot of it is just, I don't care anymore. You're right. I'm tired of it. Uh, and uh, Machado just Tuckered me out, man. Yeah, the Harper thing, I think, is is it possible that is worse than the Machado thing? Uh, Seriously. It almost is. He's only saved by not being as big of a tool bag as... He's still, he's still kind of a he's tool bag. He's the coiffed hair tool bag. This is a different category. Manny Machado is tool university. And Bryce Harper is about to sign. He's he's junior college tool bag. Okay. He hasn't committed to the tool bag life yet. He does have the hair and he does have the energy. Very strong energy. Very strong energy. But it does seem he doesn't seem to ever bark at the other team. He doesn't bark at the other team, but he barks at the umpires a lot. Oh, we all do. I know. But at least he understands some form of respect for the game. I feel like if Manny Machado had his way, he would just... uh... It's the same thing that we were talking about. The pressure him. He was the biggest high school prospect. Hitting 560-foot bombs to to North Dakota almost. I had the pleasure of seeing him hit live once. Really? I did. At a showcase. Perfect game showcase. Basically, the entire world stopped and just watched him take BP. Uh, The ball did go 5 billion feet, and the ball did sound like an explosion off of his bat. Like George Springer, but if not more he yeah. and it just overall looks more pretty because he's a lefty and that quaffed hair is just too much so let me ask you another question what's up speaking of being uh, too much i want to i have a pretty interesting theory that uh, shout out to david marshall tennis pro buddy of mine he has a theory on Tiger Woods. Ah, uh, Tiger Woods how do you go from I, I, I Bryce know, Harper to Tiger Woods because you'll see in a sec so fame the play in the field and youth all coming together. Is this is my buddy's theory? Okay. Tiger Woods is back. There was a shot he hit the other day out of the sand trap. I don't know if anybody saw. Inside out of it and like hurricaned it. 
like a dramatic play like Bryce Harper would do, but it was a play that the old Tiger does, and he sank the putt. Granted, he's not making the small the other putts, but what I'm saying is the theory is he is actually back. Just the strength of field is a cloak. There's there were not Justin Thomas's, Dustin Johnson's, Ricky Fowler's, Jordan Spieth, Jordan Spieth's, you name it, man. These guys all inspired by Tiger being that young stud have now become him in a way of talent and they've diluted what he appears to be. I think David's on to something here because we researched the, the uh, we researched the, uh, the leaderboard of the Masters from 99 all the way to 2006. And no joke, Tiger Woods was the only one that was young. It was the, literally every classic, every like classic Honda, Toyota car, it was, the Montgomerys, the, you know, and I will say Sergio Garcia was essentially kind of young, but that was yeah. the only other one. You had Davis Love the Third, David Dave. Duvall, you know, VJ Singh, Ernie Els, yep. Phil Mickelson. Those were the guys that were on the leaderboard with him, and that's why he just appeared so different. He was this lightning bolt of youth, just like Bryce Harper is. Yeah. And uh, he has these skills that... Uh, really astonish and mesmerize the senses just like Bryce just like Tiger yep but it's almost now being cloaked by so many people being so friggin good of course so what do you think about what do you think of that theory think about Tiger Woods you know the most influential athlete of all time of course why wouldn't any golfer want to be like Tiger Woods yeah or be like Happy Gilmore, who knows? <laughs> but anyway, I digress there for a second. boy, digress away. <laughs> you know, I watched, uh, Happy Gilmore was on TV the other day. It was the moment where he's making the putt with the uh, the hockey stick when the grandstand falls oh, into yeah. the field play. Oh, now there's a, there's a tower in my way. And let's be honest, the rules were a little fudged for that movie, but... Uh, what do you expect? <laughs> the guy had to hit the ball off of uh, the gigantic man's foot. Yep. He, I had to hit it off of his foot, and uh, he's just... Ding, 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 and it goes in. You gotta love that movie, man. Oh, of course. It's one of the top sports movies of all time but just like Tiger man he's uh, he was he stood out he, he was changing the game of golf yeah until what happened at mm. Thanksgiving Day in 09 that completely changed everything well um for those who don't know yeah 2009 what was it I believe he got busted for uh, was it hookers I think it was something around there um this is where we're gonna have to be very careful yeah because I'm sure well, I'm not sure. Or maybe we I should think, just talk about it. Now. Oh, no, we're talking about this. Uh, <laughs> we're breaking the wall. Break, I want to say what we have to be careful about is, yes, uh, uh, some of them were escorts or uh, professionals, if you will. Yep. Um, uh, and many of them came out of the woodwork when they saw the... Uh, oh, I don't want to... Yeah, I, I don't know how to say this. It's, it's hard to describe this. Yeah. So let's just say he got involved with some people. Many women. Many women. His um, wife found out. His and, wife... And then his life literally just went like this, you know, living the good life, playing golf, and then it went down like this. It was essentially, if someone was privately reading the newspaper, and his life was like this, and all his little secrets were in here. Everybody knew. It was essentially like, hey world, guess what? Here you go. <laughs> it's yeah. pretty, after that moment, literally, almost all of his accolades, everything, 
<laughs> completely forgotten it like that almost. And, and oh my gosh, it's, it's like how much do you allow to happen for you? And let's be honest, we all still love Tiger. Of course. We forgive the man. And I know there's a lot of people that do not. But I separate a man's personal life and why I love him for the sport. As a guy who does not follow a thing of golf except for Happy Gilmore. Man, dude, guy, come on. Why? Dude? That was my best argument yet. Man, dude, guy, come on. I'm just saying. Wait, you trying to be a character? <laughs> <laughs> I tried. Okay. Why are we paying attention? I mean, yes, it's dramatic. It's crazy. It's the news. It's Tiger. But what we're building here is the narrative of the comeback story. Everybody loves a great comeback story. And everybody's waiting for the lightning bolt to strike again. It's definitely going to happen. I feel like we're like a couple of thunders have gone by and no flash, man. Like, he's, he's maybe going to get lucky and win one or something. But, like, I just, I want him to come back so badly. I'll admit it. And... I want him to come back for the sport, what he did. But I feel like the field does not fear him anymore. He changed. He had to overcome the embarrassment, the professional embarrassment, the life embarrassment. It's one of those things like, shame. You, you know, we all make mistakes. We feel ashamed. Yeah. Things like that. And who are we to judge the... The number one athlete in the world. Definitely number one athlete for golf. Forever, for like over a decade, you're going to tell me that it's going to be easy. You know, I'm not bailing him out, by the way. Disclaimer, I'm no. not giving an excuse. I'm just saying we don't know his life. We don't know how many girls are all over his situation, man. We never knew what happened when the camera was not on him. Exactly. And... He just seemed like such cuddly tiger, and all of a sudden he would roar, and we would feel alive. The tiger would roar. <laughs> yes, Absolutely. and those Sunday reds, baby. Yeah. But man, we're waiting for that, and I think my buddy Dave's theory is pretty on point. You know, like I didn't think about this theory until you mentioned it to me a couple days it, ago. Yeah, it's like the Jordan Speeds. You know, we 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 were almost trying to dive in on one of these guys and have them be the new tiger and them be the dominant one but there's so many of them there's only one tiger there's only one tiger just like how there's only one ted williams exactly. one lebron james one Derek jeter one Derek sanderson jeter but like that's exactly it man like you cannot compare him to anybody else we want it when speed came out hot and yeah. won and then won again yeah we were like ooh, ooh. we were getting satisfied in this like hero way we want a hero but now our hero is is he's here, and he's just got a field this thick to get through. And I feel like the man has overcome some of the mental things. We've seen even uh, uh, more sad things happen to him physically. Uh, he got arrested and pulled over with drugs. Yeah, and long story blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Long Fast story. forward to 2019, where he's trying to get back on. And let's 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 hope it does happen. He'll hopefully have a hole-in-one career for him. <laughs> Sorry, never mind. We're going to take that back. I even said that. Let's go back one second. I yeah. just want to say, hopefully the lightning can strike twice in the same spot. Of course, it should happen twice in the same spot. Everyone deserves a second chance, except if you ruin your second chance. Yeah. Well, uh, let's see. I, I like to think that 
we've covered a lot of topics here, and we're actually almost near the uh, the moment. Near, near the end, yeah. Well, we got to wrap this up pretty quickly. Darn. Well, uh, final thoughts. Um, I just want to say uh, thank you to the uh, Avon Public Library. Yes. For uh, we'll definitely for pro- for dealing with us for a few minutes. <laughs> We'll definitely use you again. Anyway. Uh, they were very cooperative, and uh, we are in a library, and uh, James has a loud, bellowing voice and a very animated soul, and I am quite annoying at times, so... I'm almost like James Earl Jones. That was very good. So thank you uh, for those who are hopefully going to listen to this. And uh, can, you be- can you believe it? Opening day is next month. Literally one month away. March 28th, Yankees, uh, Orioles, Severino is... On the hill, yes, come on. Yes, let's go, baby. I can't, wait. I, can't believe, I can't believe the March is going. Or March is nearly there. February, click, click, goodbye. More. What's more likely to happen? Calendar month going to March or Bryce Harper signing before March? He has to, man. It's like how much more attention can one guy get? And I, I don't think he's doing it for the same reasons Manny did. But if he's really just holding out to get three hundred million in one penny, it's an ego thing. Ego, it's ridiculous. Man, it's like the Price is Right kind of thing. It's like say that I want seventy, or I say it's seventy dollars for, I don't know, random. Say something yeah. random. Bryce Harper wants seventy dollars and one cent. Yeah. So he covers that. The other guy can't win. The fame thusly shifts over. But I'm just saying. How much can one guy, you know, how much is he really worth? Is the story, it's just going to, dude, go play baseball. Go play baseball. Play with the Phillies. Play with the Dodgers. Play with the Giants. I don't care where you go as long as the saga is over. Saga. Because it, it is a saga. It is a saga. Well, um, my, my wrap-up thought here. Bold prediction. I just wanted to say. I... Bold predictions. We you go first. You go first. You give a quick one. All right. Because I got a real bold one. You remember our lovely first baseman battle, Greg the Birdie Bird. He's going to get red hot this season. I'm calling it. Wow. That is bold. So you're saying him and uh, Lukey Voidy are going to... Go and go at it, at it, mano y mano. You think it'll help help each other almost? Probably. All right. Almost like a Rocky Apollo Creed kind of thing. Well, it's, it's, it's what it's going to take for uh, Bird to snap up. Uh, maybe that 20 pounds of muscle has helped him here too and here, so we'll see. All right. What's well, your bold prediction? My bold prediction is we've seen Manny Machado's ego. We've seen Bryce Harper's ego. Yep. We know that it takes athletes' ego to step into a box and surrounded by 50,000 people and hit a ball with a stick that's moving over 100 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. My bold prediction. There's going to be a player that has more ego than the both of them combined. Oh, no. On our team? No. Or just in general? Just in general. Okay, who? I want you to take one guess. What sport are we talking about? Any. Uh, LeBron James. We need you, LeBron. We need you to come back. You went to L.A. to make movies. You went because we know we get it. Put your focus... That was a great guess, by the way. Yeah, I don't know how you did that. (laughs) I need his ego to come back and be tenfold, man. I need him. Yes, you're making production just like this. Yes, we are running out of time. Yes, LeBron James... His team hates him. He tried to get rid of everybody. And now he has to play with him, dude. So guess what? You're going to have to take the ego, expand it 12 times, because if you put it away, you guys are screwed. All right, here's my final... Prediction. LeBron the Lakers, James, the, step up again. The Lakers are missing the playoffs. 
Mm, I'll do the opposite. LeBron James' ego is going to come back. He's going to be better than he's ever been before. And him and Kyle Kuzma will bring them to the eighth seed. Such a lie. Not happening. To get swept in four games in the playoffs. All right. Not happening. I'm sorry. My Nets are going to make it to the playoffs, though. Eh, we'll see. All right. Thank you for joining us today. As you can see, we get very heated. <laughs> very heated. Catch us around next week once again. I am James Yevon. And I'm TJ Stolzenberg. Saying goodnight and watch tons of sports. Rock and or roll.